listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future, and you can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton. You can find me on Twitter at BHAM1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at ApolloHOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today on the Astros Future Podcast, we will talk about the Astros' struggles recently, both with the pitching and the hitting, look at some young guys helping out, but also take a look to the minors to see if there's any pitching that can come up and help the big league club. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. The last time me and Brian were on together last week, uh, we talked with Tyler Ivey, but the week before that, things were feeling feeling really well. The Astros, I think at that point, were like 6-1. and one. The offense was, you know, was rolling. Um, you know, we looked like, you know, perennial World Series contender – well, we hop back on now, and the Astros are seven and seven. They lost six games in a row, um, and it's just it's it's a little bit different vibe. It's a long season; it's early in the season, but it's a little bit different vibe today than it was, you know, two weeks ago. Yep, absolutely. Um, everything that could go wrong has, uh, possibly has gone wrong, um, and we'll get into all the specifics about that, especially with uh, pitching, with starters not going deep into games and taxing the bullpen, uh, just in the first first few weeks of the season. Yeah, so like I I, I jotted him down, you know, and, and where that uh, the the uh, the losing streak started is, you know, McCullers came in, started at home, and he, he allowed the one run in five innings, but then the pin came in and allowed five runs after that. Or Kitty went six innings, allowed four runs. Grinky went four and two thirds, allowed six runs. Oda Rizzi came in and made his Astros debut and got rocked, gave up three homers, didn't even get in, you know, into the fifth inning. Um, the next start around, McCullers did the same. He got rocked. Uh, it, it looked like he was sick, though. I know Dusty Baker said some stuff about that. And then the following one, Orkitty actually had a decent start, but the pin struggled. So it was there were some games where both struggled. There were some games when the starter struggled and the pin was okay. There were some games when the starter was decent and the pin was terrible. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it just it led to a, a six-game losing streak in the Astros. You know, they, they, they were getting guys on. I think there was – I don't remember exactly which game it was, but I know there was one game where they had like eight hits, five walks. So you're looking at 13 base runners, and I think they scored like one or two runs, you know. Um, so, obviously, they just it – was, it was a bad stretch of games. Um, and then right in the middle, we had some of the COVID stuff come up, which we'll talk about later, that, you know, ended up taking some of the big guys out of our lineup. Yeah, and we'll get into that um, McCullers start whenever we talk about the COVID situation a little later on. But – um, whenever you you just kind of went through all of the uh, the starters in the bullpen with everything, and you know that coupled with the fact that the offense just was not hitting at all, um, it really doesn't. It, it, it's not a good formula. Um, then the COVID thing happened, and uh, a lot of our big bats, you know, went on IL. We had to bring up some guys, some that some people had never even heard of. So it, it's just been the perfect storm of crap right now. Yeah. So last night though, it was, it was nice to see. Uh, you know, Zach Grinky coming. The Astros needed a big time performance from from their ace, Zach Grinky, and he gave it to him last night. You know, eight shutout innings. Um, I mean, really, pretty much dominated the entire game. You know, handed the ball off to Ryan Presley, and the Astros are able to get a one to nothing victory, which was 
um, relieving after the, the six game losing streak. And, you know, he also did him going eight innings like that. that that's big for the bullpen too, because like, like you mentioned, you know, the starters not going deep into the games and they, they've been taxed quite a bit. You know, they've been, we're, we're running guys out there that, uh, you know, that are, you know, we didn't expect to be throwing this many innings. I mean, even Ryan Stanek to this point has thrown a lot of innings, you know, you don't want to, we're running them into the ground and it's only the you know, second, third week of the season. So yeah, him coming out last night, throwing the eight shutout and uh, making sure that the Astros came away with the win and could put it into that, you know, that losing streak was really nice. Right. And especially with Odorizzi, you know, a lot of people were looking forward to his uh, debut with us and we thought, okay, well, this will be good. It'll help the bullpen out. And he didn't even make it out of the fourth inning. So uh, we definitely need to get some sort of, you know, consistency when it comes to our starters. We need them to go six innings, uh, possibly even into the seventh and eighth inning, just like uh, Granky last night. Yeah, I know to Rizzi, you know, I, I mean, I still got high hopes for him. It was his first, you know, may, you know, first start for us this year. And um, he looked like okay early on, ended up giving up some homers, um, which were some, some of them weren't, you know, were little cheap shots over into the Crawford boxes. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch him pitch again. Um, you know, I, I, I still got really high hopes for him. And I, I still think our rotation is, is solid. And through that, in the, the, the six game losing streak we talked about, you know, Jose or was kind of one of the more consistent guys. Uh, you know, I think a couple of days ago, we lost the bullpen struggle. That was a game that was back and forth with Seattle. Um, or Kitty was actually pretty solid. He pitched really well up into the sixth inning, I think, where he gave up a couple runs. Um, and then the, the bullpen just – it seemed like the Astros would tack on a couple insurance runs and the bullpen would give them back up. And then it went yeah. that way until the ninth inning when they were able to walk it off. Yep, exactly. Just some stuff where, you know, we're lo- we, we've been losing games all kinds of very, very odd ways. Um and, and, you know, like you said, with the COVID situation and everything going on right now, there haven't been any bright spots at all up until last night. Um, so, so, you know, hopefully we uh, we start going uh, – we point that needle in the right direction moving forward. Yeah, hopefully hopefully the game last night, like I said, you know, it builds a little bit of positive momentum. You got Oda Rizzi on the mound tonight, or today. Hopefully he has a good start that can, you know, kind of continue uh, what Grinky did last night. And then hopefully the offense will start to come around. I mean – they haven't had games where, you know, they ended up with one hit or two hits. They, they've been getting guys on base, but it just seems like no one has been able to come through. You know, no one's had that big three-run homer in a big middle inning situation to, to really expand on a lead or anything like that. So, you know, yeah. um, at th- this is one of those times where we talked about some of the guys who went out, which we'll hit on a little bit later. But, you know, this is the time where we need the guys like Carlos Correa and Yuli Gurriel to really be stepping up because – you know, we're, we are running some young guys out there, some guys that don't have a lot of experience. And, heck, those guys are some of the ones that are actually contributing right now. Right. And, you know, even though the, all this stuff that was going on with uh, with the COVID situation and a lot of our players going off – they're like going down, I'm sorry, on IL, you know, honestly, like it's probably the best time to happen whenever you're playing the Tigers and uh, the Mariners. You know, I mean, at least you're not playing the Yankees and the, um, and the Rays or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Um, so gosh, man, I don't want to sound pompous or arrogant, but we should still be beating these teams. Yeah, definitely. I still think like the, when you look at the overall talent level, the roster that we were fielding versus them. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you that the Astros should still be winning these games and, and they play, you know, some of the starting pitching was, was, was solid enough to win some of those games and the pin just struggled. Uh, but you brought up, uh, the Tigers, you know, and it kind of reminded me we had AJ Hinch back in Minute Maid Park for the first time since the yep. game seven of the 2019 world series where he made, um, a move that a lot of people obviously at the time and still disagree with pulling Zach Grinky for Will Harris. Um, but it just kind of, we saw it all leading up. 
you know, the, the talk on Twitter and stuff. And was he going to be booed? Was he going to be cheered? Uh, just give me your opinion. What, what do you think? If, if you were in the crowd, what would you have done? Oh, I would have cheered him. I'm not going to boo AJ Hinch, the man who, who helped lead us to our uh, first world series title in, in, in Houston history. As far as baseball goes, there's no reason to boo him. Um, I understand what happened. I understand what went on uh, during the year that we won the world series. Still no reason to boo him. Uh, unless your name is Mike fires, no one should be booing anybody from that 2017 world series team. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, there's, he was, you know, obviously a, a phenomenal manager for us. Like you said, brought the first World Series to Houston. Um, and the the whole situation was obviously really shitty and, and it wasn't good for any fan to watch. But, you know, I mean, I think he he handled it with class, you know, and um, he was kind of a, uh, you know, just one of the fallout pieces of this entire scandal. And Jim Crane had to make a move and the move was you know, firing the hench and or, uh, firing uh, the manager and the general manager. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I, I like to see that they had like the nice video for him. You know, he had that he had that real nice speech, you know, when we finally had a game after Hurricane Harvey. And um, it, it looked like I wasn't there, but it looked like the crowd gave him a nice standing ovation and it, it didn't look like there was any any boo. So I'm glad they, they at least got that right. I think that uh, once we play the Tigers and, and uh, the stadium can be at full capacity and, and there's a lot more fans there, you're, you're going to see a rounding uh, ovation, like just a, a, a huge standing ovation for Hinch. Um, the only thing that ever irritated me about Hinch during this whole process from the time he was uh, let go until now, I guess, is do you remember that, that uh, interview he did with, I don't know if it was ABC 13 or Channel 2, I don't remember who it was, where they went to his house, they were talking to him. It's about a year ago now. And they asked him about the whole situation with Altuve possibly wearing a buzzer whenever he hit that walk-off mm-hmm. homer against Chapman um, in the ALCS. And he wouldn't comment on it. And since then, it's already been disproven that it happened. That's the one thing that just kind of irritated me. And I never saw anyone really get uppity about that or, or irritated with it. But I just remember thinking, like, if it didn't happen, just say it didn't happen. Right. But then at the same time, I know that if he denies that, then whoever that lady was that was questioning him or who was interviewing him is going to continue asking him other questions. Oh, what about this? What about that? So, so I get it. But I do kind of wish that for Altuve's sake, someone would have come out and just said, look, he was never wearing a wire. That was some ridiculous Twitter user that's trying to get his uh, 15 seconds of fame. But that was just throwing it out there. A bitter Yankees fan. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. other than that, there's no reason. I mean, and even that isn't a reason to be upset with A.J. Hinch. Um, I don't understand anyone booing him. I think it was Ben Dubose who, quote, tweeted some random Yahoo on uh, Twitter who had said something like, you know, I've been a Houston fan my whole life, but I can't for the life of me understand why anybody would tweet or would, uh, I'm sorry, would cheer for him, blah, blah, blah. That's the kind of stuff that I don't even read it anymore. There's no reason. <laughs> I mean, Cause like to me, to me, if you're that ignorant, there's no reason for me to devote any more of my time to reading anything that you're going to say. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, not man, ben. We, we had, not we had, ben, no, for sure. Not ben. Yeah, yeah. We, we had, him. yeah, we had the, uh, the, the, I mean, the best, you know, uh, what is it? Three, four, five year stretch of Houston baseball we've ever seen, you know, with, with AJ Hinch as the manager. And um, unfortunately it ended with that game seven, uh, the, you know, the world series in 2019, but yeah, I know I'm with you. There's no reason to boom. Yep. And you mentioned the, uh, you, you, well, real quick, you mentioned the the thing about him, you know, not wanting to come out on the, on the buzzer and comments on that. And, and I understand what he's trying to do is, you know, ultimately we're looking at a guy who lost his livelihood over this too. You know, we, we, we talk about, they talk about, you know, some of the pitchers that didn't that, – that got sent back down because they got robbed. But, I mean, the fallout for this was A.J. Hinch lost his job, you know, and he's got a family and kids. And I know he makes – he made good money in his years, but he had to say what he needed to say to make sure he was able to get a job again, you know. And um, I'm sure there were some conversations, you know, behind closed doors with uh, the commissioner and stuff. And, you know, when 
when they knew he was getting suspended and how that went. And, and AJ Hens, I think, I think he just felt like, you know, for me to get another job, I got to make sure I say the right things and, and not make it look like I'm completely against MLB and my guys did nothing wrong and just kind of, kind of went straight down the middle with it. And like you said, just kind of refused to answer those questions. So he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't get more involved in it and there wouldn't be more questions brought at him, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I mean, this is a topic, dude, that whole cheating scandal, the 2017 season, that's something that we could probably devote, devote an entire episode to. Cause I mean, like I know over the years, you and I, we've texted, we've talked about it, but actually going through it step-by-step is something we could totally do. But um, you know, with Hinch, you know, you mentioned earlier that we hadn't seen him back in Houston since game seven of uh, the World Series. I don't remember. What were your thoughts on um, on him pulling Granky so quickly? Or not quickly, but pulling him and not going to Garrett Cole. And before you answer, one other thing I want to throw out there. I love the fact that we got Zach Granky. Um, I liked that deal when we made it. Still like it to this day. I always thought it was odd that down the stretch in 2019 um, – Granky didn't go very deep into games. Like he'd be at, you know, 80, 90 pitches. They take him out of a game, um, even in the playoffs. And I remember thinking, okay, well, he's just playing hurt, but never had any off season surgery or anything like that. Doesn't mean he wasn't hurt, but I always thought that was kind of odd. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Um, so to kind of hit on what your answer or what you asked there about, about Harris um, or the, the move to, to bring in Harris. So, Man, it's hard because Will Harris was our best reliever the entire year, and he was really good in the playoffs up until that point, you know. And uh, he gave up that. I mean, that was he gave up that home run there. That was the the, the second run he allowed the entire postseason, you know. So he was your right. best reliever. Really good numbers, big spots, you know. So it's hard to second guess that move, you know. And I know you could have left Grinky in, and if he would have. You know, if Grinky would have gave up a homer to Kendrick, it would have been, man, why didn't you bring in your best reliever? And we, we know right. how that game goes. The only thing that I was a little more disappointed with is after he gave up that homer and we got out of the inning just down one run is that he didn't bring Cole in for, for the eighth, you know, because the game got away from us at that point. Uh, you know, they could have kept it a one-run game, which, you know, would have made it a lot, uh, obviously a lot different for the pitchers and for the Nationals, the hitters, for us, uh, with it being a one-run game. Instead, he didn't bring in Cole. Uh, to be honest, I don't even remember who he brought in in the eighth, but the, the Nationals ended up extending their lead. And next thing you know, the one-run lead turned into a 3-4 run lead. And um, So I was okay with the move. I just wasn't I, – I really didn't like the idea of, you know, bringing in uh, or not pitching Cole in the eighth. And, you know, I mean, that would – I mean, you know, he walked a guy, got one guy on first base, and you got Howie Kendrick coming up, you know. So it's not like you had, you know, 2004 Albert Pujols stepping in the box. or two, You know what right. I mean? Like, it was, it was Howie Kendrick. You know, like you could – Normally, you can trust your best reliever all season to probably get Howie Kendrick out. And, I mean, it was a matter of inches that ball, you know, that the ball's a home run or a foul ball, unfortunately. And um, it just sucks. That's a season we'll always look back on and, and, uh, and wonder. you know, and wonder, <laughs> yeah, what would have happened if he brought in somebody. But ultimately, like, and I can't hate the move of bringing in your best reliever in a, in a situation like that. The only thing that, that bothered me about it, I, I, I remember it, I mean, it was almost two years ago. I can't even remember who it was that he brought in after Harris. But uh, I remember texting you that night, like, didn't Harris say on Twitter today that he was that his arm was hurt or something like that? And you were like, yeah, that's that. what I thought. And, huh? I, I remember something about that, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, like, and then within, like, minutes, he gave up that home. I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, yeah. like, that's what – but I remember thinking, like, and I, this is always just kind of one thing that, I, that sticks in the back of my head with anything as well. They know more about the situation than we do, so mm -hmm. maybe he yeah. wasn't all that hurt. I, I don't know. But, right. uh, but yeah, no, man, just to answer your original question, I don't think that there's any reason to ever boo A.J. Hinch in Houston. 
Yeah, well, man, that kind of took us down a rabbit hole right there back to 2019. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, the Astros had a, had a rough week. You know, they lost the six in a row, but they got they 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 broke the losing streak last night. Grinky brought them back, had a, a phenomenal performance, and now we'll see what happens today and uh, and moving forward. And hopefully, they can kind of get on a roll. So, um, yep. you know, and then that'll bring us up to our next point. So, coming right up, we're going to take a look at the COVID and the injured list situation that the Astros had faced, uh, you know, this week, and uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars. So we kind of hinted at it at the end of last segment uh, about the Astros facing a COVID situation. Um, you know, and, and before I get into that, I, I wanted to talk. So I was listening to 610 earlier and uh, earlier in the week, and Sean Pendergast made a good point, you know, and he said, when the season started, you know, we were starting the season in April. 162 games and it felt like we were back to normal. And then this happened and it was just kind of a slap in the face. Like, no, we're not back to normal yet. You know, this isn't a normal season. Yeah. We're playing 162 games, but we're still are still dealing with something um, that's kind of a, a lingering issue here. And ultimately what happened middle of the losing streak, I think the Astros have lost three or four games at this time. We find out that there's going to be a lot of uh, roster shakeup. That's all we hear. Next thing you know, we see that the Astros are putting Jose Altuve Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Martin Maldonado, and Robel Garcia on uh, the injured list for health and safety reasons, you know, assuming uh, due to COVID. Um, but the problem is we never got any, we never got any information on who tested positive. Uh, if anybody tested positive, they never said how long exactly they were going to be out. And it's just, it's just, it's a weird situation, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, this is going to be a, um, a topic I'm all over the place on. It's kind of irritating that when the season started, the Washington Nationals had a COVID outbreak and their entire first uh, series, I think it was that the Mets got postponed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yesterday, uh, who was it? The Twins and the Angels? Yeah. Was it the Twins? And, yeah, Twins and Angels. They had a COVID outbreak. Their game yesterday and today is postponed. We have what's reported to be a COVID outbreak. And not only does our game not get postponed, but if you remember back, this happened right after the first game in the Detroit series, right? So the players that we, um, I guess, lost to the uh, to the IL are Altuve, Alvarez, Bregman, Maldonado, and Garcia. Right before that first game with Detroit, Altuve and Bregman are over there, you know, hugging on uh, AJ Hinch. So there's contact tracing right there. Mm-hmm. If they are testing or doing whatever and they're quarantined or whatever you want to call it now, why isn't AJ Hinch quarantined? Did AJ Hinch touch any of his players after that? You know, it just seems like such right. a weird, weird situation. Now I'm assuming that this is a COVID situation. And if it is, then why aren't we given the same type of um, leeway that some of these other teams are that are having it and they're having their games postponed? Ours weren't postponed. Yeah, no, man, you bring up a really good point. And I, I didn't even think about that, about the fact that they, they were on the field hugging and, and you know, A.J. Hinch. And if you're going to suspend five or suspend, sorry, um, you know, um, put five of our guys on a restricted list, injured list because of some kind of contact tracing, it's weird that you know, other players or, or managers that they were just hugging and stuff, you know, are, are fine. Um, I think J- I, I've got a quote from, from James Click, and he said that the MLB said they don't believe there's a health and safety reason to not play, right? So it, 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 that just doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, the Nationals have a couple test positive. Their entire series gets canceled. Recently, the Twins and Angels have a couple. Their Two of their games get uh, – the Saturday and the Sunday game get, get canceled or postponed due to COVID. The Astros have – five guys, including four starters go out. Um, and the MLB says there's not a health and safety reason not to play the game. It just, 
it just feels really weird. I, to me, that's clearly a, a reason to not play the game, especially when I think part of this was supposed to be if a team loses like enough players where they're at a disadvantage that the seat, you know, the series can get postponed or whatever. And I mean, you lost, you lost, you know, four of your nine star, I mean, you lost 40, 44% of your, your lineup, you know? Um, right. So and- I, I just, I, I don't understand the MLB's reasoning behind letting the Astros play. And then these other, you know, other series getting canceled. No, I, I agree. And, you know, you're right. It was five starters. But if you factor in Lance in there as well, who by all accounts, yep. he, I mean, by his own admission, he wasn't feeling well. And this was on April 14th. He only went three, just into the fourth inning, didn't even mm-hmm. get out of the fourth inning, gave up six runs. So, I mean, and then he may not even make his next start either today or tomorrow because he's still not feeling very well. So if you really think about it, yeah, there was five on the injured list, but Lance isn't feeling well. So he got affected as well. And here's a tweet I wanted to read. Um, Adam Wexler from Sports Talk 790 just tweeted about 45 minutes ago. He said, Carlos Correa said he's talked to the five players on the injured list every day. So they want to come back as soon as possible, but they have to follow the protocols. Said that they're all feeling good, testing negative, and hopefully they're back soon. If they're testing negative, what are we waiting on? If they're, te- I mean, is there a certain number of, of tests that they have to test negative for? And if so, I mean, the Nationals and the Mets, they missed that first series, but they were playing that second series. Both teams were. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, the McCullers thing too. And, and yeah, if you're testing negative and I'm assuming once again, we haven't heard anything about, te- you know, any players testing positive on the Astros and, and I don't know how the MLB is going about releasing that information, but if they're testing negative and they feel, they feel fine and it's been um, so many days. Yeah. Why are they, why are they still out? But, you know, so actually I think it was, uh, Last week, maybe last week, there's been a bug going around. I think, and I really think around the Houston area, I've talked to a lot of people that have gotten sick, uh, a lot of people in my family, and it hasn't been COVID. I actually got sick. I got tested. It wasn't COVID. And it makes me wonder, like, did did something like that hit, you know, the Astros where they had a little bug going around, guys got really sick, and they said, oh, well, since y'all are sick, we're going to pull y'all off and put you on the injured list, and we're going to test you, you know, to make sure that it's not COVID, but we want to go ahead and take you away from the team right now, just in case it, you know, it is COVID because, you know, everyone's obviously in like a heightened precaution, you know, state right now. So, Oh, somebody gets sick. We'll get them away from the team. We need to make sure they're not COVID. And then you do a COVID test and it's negative. And then they say, well, maybe give them some more time. So it's, it's really interesting that, you know, like you said, there hasn't just, there just hasn't been a lot of commentary on it. And, you know, we got the Carlos Correa saying that, you know, he's been talking with them and they feel fine and they've been negative. So, it's just weird. And I know, you know, the conspiracy theorists are going to say this is a MLB, one of MLB's ways of like, you know, paying us back for the, the cheating thing or whatever. But I, I just wish there's a little bit better transparency when it comes to why, you know, we have guys that aren't allowed to play um, and we have to continue playing a series versus, you know, other teams getting to, to postpone their series when they have a few starters go out. Yeah, I agree. The lack of transparency here is what's, what's really like kind of bugging everybody. I mean, you go on Twitter, you look at any of our, our, fans that are normally on there commenting about normal about this kind of stuff and you can't make heads or tails of it because you don't know the the uh, specifics and you know you're probably right it probably is something that has nothing to do with covid but at the same time if it has nothing to do with covid that also means that there's not a quarantine period there's not a quarantine period if you have the flu or if you get a stomach bug or food poisoning you just you start feeling better you start playing again you know what i mean yep so that's just, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that like in the middle of the losing streak is when this happened, then we go on to lose a few more games, but um, on the bright side, it did allow us to see some, um, some top prospect or not top prospects, but see some call-ups and see some debuts and stuff. So we've had some guys that have stepped in and, and been able to fill in, uh, fill in a little bit. Um, but like I said, at, right at the beginning of this segment, it just kind of brings us back thinking, 
man, we're, we're back to baseball. We're back to a full season, starting the season in April, 162 games. Here we go. Um, and like I said, like Sean Pendergast said, it's kind of a pump the brakes moment when you realize, okay, we aren't back to normal yet and we still have COVID around um, and it's not going to be a normal season yet. So I know that they were talking about the Astros, uh, a lot of the players getting the, the vaccine, um, but I, it sounded like a lot of them just had the first shot and not the second. So that'll be another thing to kind of keep an eye on. Once, once a whole bunch of these players get, uh, you know, get vaccinated, if they're close contact, but they're fully vaccinated, are they going to make them stay out and stuff? And I don't know how the heck MLB is going to do do this or how they, they plan on, um, you know, orchestrating this. But, you know, once we have vaccinated players and we have players who get sick, how do you handle those vaccinated players that are, you know, that are close contact or contact tracing to the sick guys? So that'll be, that'll be something we'll probably end up hearing about, you know, realistically next month. Cause if a lot of them got their first shot, then, you know, their, their second one's got to be right around the corner. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I got my first shot in March and I just had my second one two days ago. So there is a time period there. Yep. So like you said, though, on the bright side, we, we were able to see some some young guys come up and uh, and contribute and actually contribute to even the win last night. Um, so we'll talk about that next segment. We'll talk about a couple of the guys that have came up so far and look at some more pitching uh, that can help on the way since the bullpen has been struggling. And welcome back in here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. This segment, we're going to take a look at some of the young guys who are helping out the Astros right now. So we kind of hinted at, hinted at it going into uh, coming out of the last segment about uh, the Astros getting some um, some some help from some of the young guys who got called up due to the the COVID thing, the health and safety protocols. Um, and a couple of the guys that have came up has been Taylor Jones. Alex DeGody and, and Chaz McCormick and McCormick was already there, but he's obviously been thrust into a bigger role. He's getting a little bit more time since the Astros are low on players. So um, it's been really nice to, to see those guys come up. Uh, I did an article a week or two ago about someone who, so a couple guys who I thought might be able to come up and help. And Alex DeGody was on there. So it's been cool to see him come up. He had a good game, had his first hit, his first RBI uh, the other night. And then, you know, Taylor Jones being from that Seattle area, uh, they talked about him attending a bunch of games there, and he comes in, and last night he has the lone RBI of the game and a one-to-nothing win. So nice to see those guys contributing, you know, early on um, in their major league careers. Yeah, absolutely. They're getting their feet wet. Um, um, you know, like you said, we saw Taylor Jones. We've seen Chaz McCormick a little bit this year. You know, he could be a guy that ends up getting a little bit more playing time. Um, you know, I know I know you're really high on Miles Straw, and I think you're going to say something about him a little later on. But, um, you know, Chaz McCormick is a guy that could possibly get a little bit more of a look here if Miles Straw continues to struggle. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've got, we, we have seen some of these prospects come up. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be a superstar, but you have role players on every good team and some of these guys can end up being that for us. Yeah, exactly. You know, people are going to look and say, man, they're not the 21, 22 year old that we're used to seeing come up like an Alvarez or Correa or maybe even Bregman. But, you know, I mean, uh, Taylor Jones is 27, but he's got a lot of at-bats in his under his belt in AAA and has had success. Same thing with McCormick uh, and same thing with Degote. And the good thing about Degote is he, he's kind of a guy who can play all over the field. You know, he's, he can play shortstop, third base, second base. Um, so, yeah, really nice to get those contributions. And, you know, they're getting valuable at-bats to, you know, so we can potentially count on them later on in the season. Um, and it's it's early, but, you know, Degote played one game. He goes two for four. You know, he's got his first RBI. Taylor Jones – two for six in, in a couple of games. Then McCormick, he's got, you know, a homer and six RBIs and two doubles. He got three hits. They're all extra base hits. So um, just nice to, to get those contributions from guys, especially in a time when, 
you know, the Astros are hit with the, the, you know, health and safety protocols and we're having to thrust guys up that we didn't expect it. Actually, another guy that we didn't even mention was Ronnie Dawson, you know, um, yeah. from, a, from, from, you know, a, a school that you're a fan of. Um, but you know, he got the, he's down in Corpus at the alternate site and gets a call that says, uh, Hey, you're being called up. We need you to drive up to Houston. I was, and I'm sitting there thinking I've made that drive, you know, to, to Corpus and back a bunch. How awesome oh, yeah. would it be to be sitting in Corpus, you know, at the alternate site and you get a call saying, Hey, you're coming up. And then you hop in the car with, you know, Taylor Jones and like Alex Degote and stuff, and maybe Garrett Stubbs, whoever else came up with them. You hop in a car and just drive up to Houston, knowing that you're about to join the major league club and make your major league debut. Oh, yeah, it's going to be pretty badass. Suppose like, you know, you, you get done with the game, you pop into that OG Whataburger down there and then just head straight to Houston. What's it, like a six and a half hour drive? It's been a no, long no, time. About, since no, no, about, about three. I think about three and a half to four hours. I mean, depending oh, on how gosh, fast you drive, I guess. But, but, you know, yeah, but, yeah, it's, <laughs> but just to, to, to know that, hey, they, you just got a call. The Astros play at seven o'clock tonight. We need you in Houston. And boom, he gets to Houston. I think they said like an hour before the game started or something like that. Um, and he ends up getting in the lineup and ends up getting his first, ba- you know, big league hit. So, um, pretty cool moment for those guys. You know, it's, that's, it's, it's different, you know, it's different than we've seen in the past because of the alternate site spring training and all that stuff. Um, realistically in the future, probably next month, they won't be driving from Corpus. They'll be driving from Sugarland over to, over to Minute Maid Park oh, yeah. to make their debut. So it'll be a little bit easier on them. But, um, Much so we, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, uh, about the, the starting pitcher struggling to go deep in games and the bullpen having to pitch more than, you know, probably expected at this point. And it's, and it's really, unfortunately, it's kind of shown the weakness in the bullpen. And, you know, there's, there's guys that are, it's early, you know, relievers can, you know, they give up two or three runs in one inning, their, their ERA balloons, but, you know, Blake Taylor's got an ERA about seven Brooks Raley's over eight, Joe Smith's over 13, Brian Abreu's at like five. There, there's been a lot of guys that are, that have, have gave up quite a few runs, you know? Um, so it kind of wants me to steer my attention over to, the minors and guys that we think can potentially come up. Um, I, I said it yesterday on Twitter. I put we I was putting a thing together for the show about who we could talk about. And one of the guys I put on here is Peter Solomon. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, I see that he got called up, you know, to the yeah. Astros too, you know, so pretty cool that uh, we, we listed on, we were going to talk about him anyways, but we'll go ahead and talk about him. He got called up, had a, a dominant 2018 season, pitched like two games into 19 and bam, had to have surgery and was out. Yeah. Um, missed the rest of 19, missed all of 20, you know, because of COVID and because of uh, the rehab. But he came back this spring, struck out nine in just six and a third innings, and now he's about to get a chance to, to hopefully make his major league debut here soon. Yeah, and his um, his debut will be a welcome addition because, like you said, our, our arms are – they're already getting tired. Well, they're not getting tired, but they're already being used a lot more than they should um so yeah peter solomon coming up that would be really good um especially considering the lack of deepness into these games i mean mm-hmm. even if you look at it man i mean think about it mccullers you know historically he hasn't really gone deep into games it's not saying he can i'm sure he, he absolutely can but Granky, i mean Granky can but we don't really have a lot of guys that have that ability like you know we have with Berlander. like we knew most likely he's going to go seven or eight inning strong mm-hmm. you know um we don't have a lot of guys like that so we're going to have to use a lot of these guys with uh well, a lot of the uh, bullpen arms and you remember back whenever you know hinch and luna were here they would kind of like shuffle these arms up and down you know like go to triple a yeah. they, they'd send them back down bring them back up just for rest you know, kind of skirting the rules a little bit um that may be something we have to start doing too as well yeah and i think they kind of i mean they kind of did that with javier right is they they knew they were going to can use a four-man rotation so they went ahead and yeah. sent javier down um and their reason behind it was you know so javier could stay extended so he didn't have to go to the pin and come in for an inning or two and he could go down and make continue to make scheduled 
um, you know, starts uh, is just unfortunate because he was one of the, you know, he, he was pitching pretty, pretty well in his first couple starts. So um, hopefully he'll be back up soon once the, the schedule gets back to normal and he finishes his time down there and comes back up. But yeah, Solomon's a guy I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he can do at the major league level. Um, another guy that, I feel like a broken record saying it, and I feel like we've talked about him pretty much every episode so far, but Tyler, Ivy, you know, we had him on last week. He's a guy that, uh, that I think is going to contribute at some point this year. Uh, I would love to see him in the rotation. Obviously I, I prefer there not be any injuries, but if not bring him in the pin and let's see what he can do. But he's pitched in, he pitched or started two of the exhibition games against round rock um, over the last couple of weeks. And he, he went five shutdown innings in both, both, uh, both performances. So, you know, he had a solid spring. He's got great numbers already in the minors, and he's had a, a, a couple really good exhibition outings against Round Rock. So hopefully we'll see him at some point this year. Yeah, I think it's like you said. Um, I mean, with him, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a, a decent stay at AAA before we, we pull him up, unless, of course, we just need an arm really badly. But I think with Ivy, in his case, they're going to want him as a as a starter. I mean, sure, like you said, like that is the like the, the perfect plan is for him to, to be in the rotation. But, you know, if need be, we need another um, a reliever, then, you know, he could be the guy that gets the call. I just – I kind of think that if um, if it's arms that we're looking for in the pen, he may not be one of the first ones that we call just because I think that their plans are for him to be in the rotation and for him to get used to being in the rotation, not the pen. Yeah, so – and another guy that uh, we can talk about, you know, man, like I said, we're going to see Ivy at some point. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. But another guy that uh, we've had in the, the system for a long time – um, is Kent Emanuel, and he's coming off that oh, suspension, yeah. you know, which he's been fighting pretty hard, you know, and he's he's made those videos. I don't know if you watched them about some of the the way that the testing and stuff went down, and it, it you know, and he's and he's stood by, you know, the fact that it, it, he's he's basically wrong by this. Well, his suspension ends April twenty third, um, and he had a, a really solid spring. He went eight and a third and just gave up one run. Well, he also pitched in the exhibition game against Ron Rock and threw four shutout innings and struck out six. So he's a left-handed pitcher with Blake Taylor going on the IL and Brooks Raley struggling. I'm going to be really interested to see if they end up pulling him up pretty quick to see if he can come up and get some left-handed hitters out, um, you know, and also pitch more than one inning at times. But, you know, the, the two guys that we have that were supposed to really take care of the lefties, you know, this year, unfortunately have not done that, and they've been two of the worst in the pen. So hopefully a man yeah. will get his chance and he can come up and – you know, I know he's unhappy with the, the suspension thing, but hopefully he'll just get his opportunity to come up, get some big league hitters out and uh, kind of, you know, kind of shove it to MLB that way. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't seen any of his videos, but whenever we're done, I'm going to go look them up. But uh, it's funny because I was looking, I was uh, reading up on him. Uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. <laughs> You're right, man. I did not realize it had been that long since we drafted him. Drafted in the third round in 2013. My gosh, man! It almost seems like another lifetime ago because that was, you know, right whenever we right whenever we were in the midst of all those hundred lost seasons. Luno was new to the club. We didn't even have AJ Hinch yet. Um, you know what I mean? Just, just yep. crazy to think about that kind of time period. But, uh, but yeah, no, I remember his. I remember him uh, testing positive, uh, getting popped for eighty games. He may be unhappy with uh, MLB because of the uh, suspension, but like you said, I mean. Just show it to him on the field, I guess. But at this point, your suspension's already over. Let's just move on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a golden opportunity for him right there since we are down some lefties. But my guess is that they're going to want him to play a little bit in the minors before they, uh, you know, bounce him up to the major league level. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. And, you know, looking at here, just looking at some of his numbers, because uh, just to refresh my memory, but he had a, a decent 19 season and 
Um, obviously missed the 20 season, the suspension, the COVID, all that stuff, but he pitched in, uh, in, you know, in a foreign league and struck out 16 and like 12 and a third, then was solid this spring. He's had a solid exhibition performance against round rock. So, uh, hopefully he'll be able to come up and, and give us another lefty in the pen. Um, you know, he, he's been used as relief, but he's also been a starter a lot of the times in the minors too. So, you know, he can do both of us or both of those. And like you mentioned, without having starters that can really go deep in the games, we need guys who can come in and pitch two innings. Um, without that being like a real stress on their arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was just reading, he got popped for 80 games. Isn't that like a second suspension, or is that for the first time? Uh, man, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I, I don't want to say wrong. Huh. I, I'm trying to – I don't know if he got I thought, the uh, – I don't know if he got suspended once or twice. Let me see if I can find something on it. No, I mean, like, I don't mean to put you on the spot. We can talk about that later. That's no big deal. But I just thought that for 80 games, I thought that was a multiple – like a repeat offense. I mean, I could be completely wrong here. But uh, but but either way, you know, I mean, he's been in the system forever, man. I mean, 2013, eight years ago. So uh, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that he'll see his major league debut at some point this year, um, you know, unless he gets hurt, which hopefully he doesn't, because you know you can never have too many lefties, and we absolutely need one right now. Yeah, definitely. So he's another guy that we might be able to count on at some point this year. A um, couple other guys, I just want to mention their names just to to say that you know because they, they are guys who could come up, but I think seeing who they're pitching in these exhibition games against round rock has been kind of an eye opener. I think that's guys that they are, are planning on counting on this year. And another guy, super young pitcher, um, but Jairo Solis, he, he had a, a good year when he was like 18 or 19 years old in quad cities, hanging with guys that are two, three years older than him. Um, then he ended up having Tommy John surgery, missed 2020 because of COVID and all that. Well, he's back this year. Um, in two appearances against round rock, he's gone six innings and struck out 12, hasn't gave up a run. So, a young guy that I, I doubt they would bring him up to throw him in the pin right away. He's they're probably going to keep trying to you know use him as a starter. But another young pitcher that the Astros can look at calling up. Oh yeah, absolutely. But see with him though, again, I mean we could we could absolutely see him at some point. But my guess is, is he probably gets a full year down in the minors at some point. I mean, like you said, he missed that one season because of Tommy John. But he also hasn't really pitched consistently in what two years, something like that, two to three years. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah so I mean, he's, um, he's, he's going to, like you say, he's going to need that consistent time for sure. And, you know, just like with Tommy John, dude, just like with anything else, even with the suspension uh, that Ken Emanuel is going through, let's see them get back after an extended absence and, and see them be consistent for a little while before we uh, bring them up. But it's, it's it, you know, it's weird, man. With Tommy John nowadays, it seems like they some of these guys come back stronger than they were before. Whereas back whenever we were growing up, when we were kids, it seemed like, you know, okay, well, they're definitely going to lose a step because they just had Tommy John surgery. Yep. Now, and you're, and you're, I feel like you're seeing it happen, you know, uh, more and more early, you know, earlier in guys' careers. And yeah, it's not a career ender. If anything, you know, they're, you know, hopefully like in McCullers case, this will work out, but they're getting it done and then they're coming back and they're, and they're, you know, just as good as before, if not better. Yeah, absolutely, man. But he is definitely an arm to watch. He's, I know they want him to, uh, to be a starter, but that's a guy that could absolutely, his stuff could play well in the bullpen. Yep, definitely. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier, talking about Miles Straw, and um, there's just some, some some numbers that I've been looking at that makes me think he's he's gonna you know he's gonna end up getting having better numbers than he has right now. And I'm not sitting here you know talking saying that he's gonna be um, you know an all star or nothing like that. And not just you know I mean sky's the limit for for guys, but he's he's got an average exit velocity of almost 86 miles per hour, uh, which is which is decent. But if you go look at like Jose Altuve. In his 2017 season, when he won MVP, his average exit velocity was 86.1. You know, and Altuve has uh, had a little bit better launch angle on his on his hits, and he barreled up more balls. 
but they're hitting the ball with the, about the same average exit velocity. Hit, you know, Miles Straw has a hard hit percentage of 23.8, which is a career high so far. Um, and, right. uh, you know, for some reason, I'm looking here, Fangraphs took down some of the expected batting average and expected slugging percentage numbers. But when I was looking at it last week, his expected batting average was like 286 and his expected slugging was like three 350 or something like that. So the his, his batted ball profile looks better than it's currently showing. Um, so I, it's only, it's early. He's only had like, you know, 40 plate appearances or 45 play for something like that to this point. So hopefully he'll continue to get it, get it, you know, ironed out. I think hitting him down on the lineup is a better idea. I don't, I, yeah. I know Dusty had him at lead off and I think he almost did that just out of necessity. Um, but having him down at the eight or nine hole, hopefully he can get on base. You know, he doesn't have to hit for a, a real high average, but if he can draw walks and get on base at a, Realistically, I mean, a 320 clip with his speed, you know, that would probably be good enough. So um, hopefully well, yeah, hopefully, I mean, some talked, of these numbers will start turning and, and kind of start going in his favor a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, like with his speed, we talked about this, and I think it was our first episode. I mean, if that guy gets on base, whether it's by a hit, a walk, hit by pitch, whatever, he's almost guaranteed second base at some point as long mm-hmm. as they're going to let him run. I know he got thrown out a couple weeks or a couple games back, but um, that's not going to be the, the norm with him. That right. kid is extremely fast. So yeah. yeah, I mean, if he can put it together, that'd be great because he's just going to be a um, a weapon on the base on the base paths. Yep. So you know he'll he'll probably continue to get some playing time, um, but it's nice to have guys like McCormick come up and and push him and um, you know know that we have options if Miles Straw doesn't necessarily you know doesn't get it done. Um, but it's still early. He's only, you know we're fourteen games into the season, so we'll we'll end up seeing you know how he performs as as the uh, as April continues on. We get into May and you know give him hopefully a good couple months of consistent at bass to see if he can kind of get it going. Yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to, apo- to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast covering your Astros and the minor league system.